Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne, and I'm here today with Victoria Leiden. Hi, Victoria. Hi, thank you for having me, Anne. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you, Victoria, because you have a ministry in which you speak to women. I'm I'm predominantly women, I think, but probably yes. men too, um, about their thought life. Your ministry is called Choose to Think. So I'm gonna, just going to shut up and I'm going to have you tell us about who you are and what what is this that you do? Oh, thank you so much. And basically... About seven years ago or so, and I went through a deep depression. And at that point in my life, I kind of had a recipe going, just this big concoction that would lead anybody into depression, I think. It was hormonally, I was going through menopause. My kids, I have four children, they were all leaving the nest, and that was kind of bittersweet to me in a way. All good, but kind of hit me hard because I had home educated for 20 years, all four of them. And so the detachment there was a little bit more difficult, I think, or at least for me, it was not for them, but it was for me. I lost a job that I loved. And then I had this God-sized dream that didn't come to pass. And I was kind of disgruntled with God for lack of better word, a better word. But at any rate, all of that was kind of going on in my life. And I ultimately went to the doctor and was offered hormonal replacement therapy or antidepressants. Mm -hmm. But my dear mentor, the dearest friend that I've ever had, she suggested that I learn, learn what it means to take my thoughts captive. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately the route that I took. And my life has never been the same. Mm -hmm. She noticed something in my vocabulary, things I was saying, our conversations, they were, they had taken kind of a turn and I think in her own wisdom and her perspective, she recognized that I needed to do something about my thinking and what I was dwelling on. So from that point on, I went through Dr. Caroline Leaf's 21 day detox. I don't think she has that anymore. She actually has a, an app, I believe is what she's replaced that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I went through that and that was kind of the, the start, the foundation for me. And I truly just continued pounding away at at really identifying my thoughts and changing them essentially and studying neuroscience i geek out on neuroscience because it's fascinating to me how if thoughts could lead me where they led me and get me in that black hole let's say then I was so hopeful that it was my thoughts that could actually lead me out. Not without God, of course, that goes without saying, but it was a very hopeful. Suddenly I had hope that I'd never had before. So if you fast forward to now, my I actually began my ministry about four years ago because I I had developed and grown and and I, w- I became healthy. Mm-hmm physically and emotionally and just in new ways. And I wanted to share that with other women. I felt feel like I could be the poster child for learning what it means to take your thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. And it's like the it's like science has finally caught up with the Bible because it's all in the Bible already. It's written. There are so many verses. Matter of fact, I have pages of them that yeah. I could quote that talk about your mind, your attitude, your emotions, your thoughts, and just how important it is that we that we really choose wisely what we're thinking about. And so that was the birth of the ministry, Choose to Think. It does have a number two there, just a little catchy, but Choose to Think. And that's coming from 2 Corinthians 10, 5, which tells us to take every thought captive and bring those thoughts under the obedience of Christ. So he's involved in that. We have to have a uh, you know, a way to filter our thoughts. And the Bible, of course, biblical truth is the best way to do that. And then Romans 12, 2, that encourages us not to conform to this world, but instead to be renewed 
be transformed, I'm sorry, by the renewing of our mind. And that's really a, Paul writes that as a command, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. And so kind of those are my theme verses for the ministry. And I have since then, I now coach women. I also have the podcast and the theme in in my ministry and everything that we do is really about living your best thought life. Instead of just live your best life, you hear that all over, but really living your best thought life. If you want to change anything about your life, I would suggest that you should start with your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love everything you're saying, Victoria, because I think the listeners for the Soul Grip podcast will recognize those verses. They've heard them on here before because those are the same things that as a therapist working with people, I'm, if I'm working with believers, they've heard those verses from my mouth you know? I bet. I bet. because I do. I think that's so fascinating how the science and the scripture has come into alignment on in these areas. And like you said, um, like Dr. Carolyn Leaf is such a, um, special like gift to us right in the field yes. because she has that scientific background and she's really shown us how, um, our brains can change, like the actual anatomy of our brains can change when we're thinking different thoughts. And so mm-hmm. I find it fascinating that you had an, like actual medical things going on in your body, right? Like the doctors mm-hmm. wanted, they offered you two courses of treatment, hormones or antidepressants. And it turned out that your mind was able to reverse some of those processes that were happening in your body. I mean, not without support, right? But like you... Right you were able to create a different path for life during this phase of life for you. Oh, absolutely. And even to this day, Anne, I employ what I call the seven R's for living your best thought life because it's not a once and done. Science will tell us that we have anywhere from 6,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. The lion's share of those are repeated and negative. And historically for me, I struggled with so many issues. I was very emotionally driven, like just out of the blue, I could be having a grand old day, feeling the best on earth. And suddenly I would, the next moment I would have this sour attitude and I would just take this big dip. And I, I never really knew or was able to kind of reverse engineer that to my thoughts to determine why on earth I did that. But it was just that constant in my 30s and 40s. It was very much like that. And I'm here to say there is freedom beyond that. And I wish that I had kind of really taken hold of this much earlier in my life, because I think even perhaps the trajectory of my life may have been different. I'm not sure. But it's such good news. And like anything, though, it does take grit. I love this so mm-hmm. grit, this podcast title here. It's it takes a lot of determination and resilience. It's like learning a foreign language. Everyone wants to learn Spanish, for example, in seven days. You'll see mm-hmm. that promoted. Learn Spanish in 30 days. That does not exist. I'm here to tell you as a Spanish professor that or instructor, I should say, that does not exist. That method is not there. But we want we want the easy route. And so it's very compelling when we see, oh, I can do this hard thing in a real quick period of time. So it it's it's gonna take some some effort and it's gonna take intentionality on the part of the of the listener. If you're one, if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, yeah, I want change in my life in any area of your life, whether it's physical and emotional health, your finances, your relationships, even your faith, your calling, your purpose, any area, if you really are seeking change, it can happen. And I would encourage you really to start with your thoughts. And from the my own experience, I developed what I called the seven R's for living your best, best thought life. And it's easy kind of to remember and because it's got all these R's in it, there's there are actually more than seven R's, but I use that as the scaffolding. And I'd, I'd love to go through that if you'd like, yeah. and just very quickly share these seven steps that you can take in order to 
change an area of your life and to begin thinking in new ways because your thoughts are going to direct you. Even in Proverbs 23, 7, it says that as a man thinks inside himself, he is. And so let's be mindful of what we're thinking inside ourselves so that we may be able to have a different perspective in life and a different experience in life. And that I hope is very um, encouraging and inspiring for others. But basically yeah, those i would those like set- to yeah. like we're talking about this and the, and listeners have heard us heard me talk about you know changing your thoughts before and quoting the bible verses but victoria you have a very like practical step-by-step way to do that and i think this is going to be really helpful for people so i'm going to say if you're listening right now and you're driving or something you might want to go back and, and listen with a notebook but I'll also tell you that Victoria has a 365-day devotional that's going to help you learn this process as well as a workbook where you can actually journal it out. And so make sure you look in the show notes for the links for those resources for you. But for now, you get like from the expert here, she's going to tell us what the process is. So go ahead, Victoria. Oh. Okay. Thank you so much for that. So the first R or step number one is to recognize what you're thinking about. And you just heard me mention a moment ago that we could have upwards of six to 60,000 thoughts. And some of those would be like thought clusters, but keep in mind that the Bible does say to take every thought captive. So I was left scratching my head, trying to figure out dear Lord, what kind of a notebook would I have to have to really take all of those captive and and you know because that's a lot and how on earth am i going to do that but fortunately you just have to start and that's exactly what i did i took out a notebook and for maybe five or ten minutes every day every morning during my devotional time or reading the bible time i would actually just begin to write down what i was thinking about and over time i noticed that those thoughts were repeated as science would tell us as well. And they were quite thematic. In other words, maybe it was a a fear about my children that I kept having. Maybe it was a conflict that I had with one of my friends that, you know, or maybe I felt guilty. Maybe I felt ashamed. Maybe I was thinking about my past mistakes, but suddenly when I try to recognize what I was thinking about, that was the first step. Because if we're trying to eradicate these thoughts in our brain, and I will tell you the the neuroscience, just as a little bit of a segue here, I live in Kentucky and we can go sledding when it snows in the winter. The first time the sled goes down the hill, it's a quite a bumpy ride. But by the time it's the hundredth kid or hundredth pass down, my goodness, there's a groove that's been formed. And that's what thoughts are like in our brain. They're, they're grooves, they're neural pathways that are formed. And so what we're trying to do with the seven R's for living your best thought life is to say, Hey, these thoughts are taking me down this groove and they're well entrenched in my brain, but we're going to start a new thought over here. We're going to replace those thoughts that we're having. But the first step is simply to recognize them, recognize those thoughts that you're thinking repeatedly and those thoughts that are contrary to what God says about himself, contrary to what God says about you and contrary to what God says about your situation. So recognize that's the first step. The next step would be to reject or resist those thoughts that you recognize right off the bat are outright lies. These may be lies you're telling yourself about yourself, like you're a horrible mother. That's one thought that I had. Like, oh, I just felt like I was a horrible mother. You know, I'm trying to homeschool these kids. I was a single mom. I had made so many mistakes. I, you know, like I could scream at my kids one day and then I would just feel miserable about it because I wasn't really self-controlled. I was doing the best I can, like we all do. But those are just some examples where did that make me a horrible mom? No, I was a mom who was loving the Lord, loving my kids and doing the best that I could. That's the mom that I was. But instead, I was believing I was a horrible mom, for example. So we, I had to get some friction there. If the if the sled's going down the, the hill and it's in that snow groove and it's so easy for me to go down using the thought I'm a horrible mom, it just kind of came so quickly. I needed to cause some friction there. I needed a new thought. I needed a new way, a new path to go down. So the the way you resist is after you get those thoughts down and recognize what you're thinking about, then you, you kind of pull the plug on them and 
by your desire to reject or resist them and say, Lord, help me. I don't want to believe these anymore because they lead me to a place that I don't want to go emotionally, perhaps physically, mentally. So I'm not going to go there anymore. So help me to begin that process of resisting and rejecting. And the way we do that is the third R, which is by replacement. I heard you mention this a moment ago too, and and that may have been before we started recording, but it was the fact that we're going to take biblical truth yeah. and we're going to replace those thoughts that are toxic lies or untruths or even benign thoughts like, gosh, I want that cookie. I mean, what's wrong with that thought? Nothing. <laughs> or I want to eat that brownie. There's nothing wrong with those thoughts. Of course, I see this wonderful plate of brownies before me. I'm going to want to eat one. But that if I keep thinking about that, for example, yeah. but I have health goals and health aspirations that kind of would limit my sugar intake and my fit fat intake because I desire to be fit, fab, and fabulous, fabulous and over 50, <laughs> then there's a little conflict there. So though the thought is not immoral in any way, it's just a yeah. thought, then I still want to be mindful of those kinds of thoughts too. And I want to simply replace them with a healthier thought or certainly a God honoring thought. Okay. And how do we do that practically? Well, when we have the, the thought, I'm a horrible mom, or I want the brownie, then we're going to have to pull something out of our stash to replace with that thought and to continue to remind us of, of the proper way to think and a, a healthier thought to have. I actually took my phone and I put on all the healthy thoughts I could generate and that I knew were to combat or help me resist and reject the, the toxic thinking that I was having, I would set reminders on my phone to just pop up every hour that would literally make cause me to read the healthy thought over and over and over again. In the mornings, I would certainly read them during my devotional time because what we focus on grows. Yeah. And so the trick here, if we call it a trick, is to learn to begin to focus more on the healthy thoughts and what happens in our brains is that the toxic thought the thought that leads us to a, an unhealthy place begin begins to grow smaller and smaller and smaller it actually diminishes mm -hmm. and we're going to light up a new area of our brain one that is going to be vibrant and alive life-giving and healthy so this it, it can actually happen it may take upwards of 60 some days, sometimes 90 days. I've even heard a year because basically you're breaking those bad habits. It's yeah. a bad thinking habits that you're breaking. And, but, but please don't give up. Just like if you want to learn Spanish, don't give up. There are methods that you can use to help you learn Spanish. And if you persist and don't give up, you will eventually get there. And that's the same attitude and grit that you're going to have to have as you follow these seven R's. If you've listened to the Soul Grit podcast for even one episode, you know my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. And then step number four, our number four is repeat. Yeah. And that's where you get into the repetition of yeah. all of this, because just like sledding down the hill, you're going to get in that new groove and you're going to go down it every single day, every day, over and over and over again. And something, I'm going to use something, it's like magic. It's Holy Spirit transformation is what it is, is happening and is going on in your heart and your mind. You are being transformed. And it's just, it's such a blessing that God would heal us to the very heart and core of who we are. And it's an amazing 
thing that starts to happen. It's going to take a while, but you will see the results on that. And step five is just to rejoice, knowing that your mind is being renewed, to really take a moment to be so grateful that that God's way is best and that he's going to lead you through this. And the sixth and the seventh are, are kind of the same. I always want to give the reminder for step six to rely on God. Mm-hmm. He's going to do the heavy lifting in all of this. We are yoked with Christ. And he tells us that the burden is easy and light. There was a moment as I was practicing the seven R's that I got so discouraged because I'm like, oh my goodness, golly me. I, I, I know all my thoughts. I'm taking them all captive. I'm recognizing them. I'm rejecting and resisting. I'm replacing them. I'm repeating this process so far. I'm so glad I've had some progress, but I'm just not getting as far as I would hope to. And that's where I needed to really rely on God and trust that his timing would be best. My mentor, you know, I'm still, of course, in contact with her. You know, she gave me the idea. I I was telling her my frustration over this process and how I'd made such ground and how I was doing so well at recognizing my thoughts and taking them captive and replacing them. And 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 I told her it was like dandelions in my yard in Kentucky. We have all these dandelions. They're some people call them weeds, and you know, my grandmother fixed them and we ate them growing up. I mean, the the leaves. I mean, that's. But anyway, they're prolific and people spray to get them out of their yards because they at first they're beautiful yellow flowers, but then they turn into these, you know, big puff balls and the seeds go everywhere. And so I told my mentor, I said, Jeannie, I'm going out to my backyard and I'm snipping every yellow flower off that I see every single one. I'm good at it. I'm fast. When I see the little bud, I've got it. And, and, but I'm, I'm frustrated. And she said, Victoria, you need to rely on God to do the root work that Mm. needs to take place in your heart and in your mind. And that was such a, a wonderful reminder to me that I was striving so much in and on my own, but there was more healing that needed to happen. And that's when we could get into maybe mindsets and those heart-like attitudes and dispositions that we may have that we may take a look at but i'm just kind of giving you the the over the start would be the seven r's because that's where i started it's just the method that i used actually and but i did kind of come into the point where i needed to rely on god she Mm -hmm. even went so far as to tell me that if one of my granddaughters and i went out to if, if the if the lord is my father you know as my parent Um, he's partnering with me in this. And she said, Victoria, if you asked your granddaughter to go out into the yard and start digging up those roots on those dandelions, what would she say? And I said, oh my goodness, she would be so delighted to go out there. I would give her a little spade and maybe (laughs) some little gloves and, and I would be right there with her. And then my mentor said, well, how would she do it doing, pulling up all those roots? And I said, well, you know, of course, she's not going to get them all. Dandelion roots are difficult. Yeah. They go deep and they have plugs and they're very hard to get to get down to. And but her response was, well, what would you tell her as she in her own little self was trying to to be with? She was enjoying being with you, doing doing this gardening and this root work. She loved every minute. She was giggling. Look, Nana, look what I got, you know, half a root. Mm-hmm. Um she, she would be delighted to do that. And so she chat, my mentor challenged me in that moment. You be delighted that God is doing heart root work for you. Mm-hmm. He's with you. You're not going to do it all perfectly. He's got to step in there. So you rely on him to guide you. His timing is perfect in this process, which would lead us and to the seventh R, which is rest. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what she encouraged me to do at that point. She said, Victoria, just rest a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of let the dust settle and just rest and stay tuned to what your father is actually telling you during this whole process. And so that was so powerful to me. And suddenly I delighted in the process and even in the deeper work that God was leading me to for 
more healing. And that's why I said, even today I'm, I'm using this process. It hasn't ended for me. It wasn't a once and done. I finally arrived. It was a be transformed every day kind of thing. Just like we are to be filled with the spirit. That's that continual kind of action that takes place. The taking thoughts captive is something that, that I do often. And if I find myself, myself in a, in a bit of a funk or a hard spot, I always ask myself, Victoria, what thoughts are you engaging right now? What are you thinking? So that's the long and short of it right there. Yeah. Thank you for going through all of that. And if for you, you felt like that was quick and I'm not going to get all of that on the first pass. I would just encourage you to listen again and also buy that workbook so that you can have the tools that you need. A lot of what Victoria is talking about is cognitive behavioral therapy, which I've talked about a lot on the podcast. Um, if you have ever been to my website, um, soulgreatresources.com, you'll be prompted to put in your email for a little freebie that I created, which is CBT with scripture. And so the, the process that I'm trying to help people understand is very similar to Victoria's process in that when you get to that point where you've identified your thoughts or um, Victoria's recognized stage, and then you've also maybe identified some of what we call cognitive distortions. This is thinking errors. So this would be uh, Victoria's reject <laughs> um, phase. That's um, when you're figuring out what, what are the lies that you're believing or where are the errors and how I'm thinking. And then right after that is when you get to say, okay, it might just be a, a benign or positive or helpful thought that I'm going to put in here, but sometimes they're really sticky and you just have a hard time believing your own BS, you know? And so you have to go to the scripture and say, okay, if I can't think of anything positive to say about myself, I know at least God has, (laughs) God has promised to be with me and God has provided this entire book of um, content for me to draw on when I'm trying to change the way that I'm thinking. Mm, so so good that I give you a little box for you to put in the scripture that might apply to that. And this is, you know, one of my side passions is for biblical literacy. I really think like people need to know and understand their Bibles. And so you will do better at this process of uh, replacing your thoughts if you know your Bible well. So this mm-hmm. is just my my side plug. Like, yes, I'm a therapist, but yes, I want you to be reading your Bible. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. so important. And, and so that that is how you find then what are the feelings that would go along with that? What are the behaviors that come out of those feelings? What I love, Victoria, that you shared with us, I don't have, when I do CBT, I don't have those extra pieces of like rejoicing or relying on God or resting. That hasn't been part of the process of therapy. So I love that you're taking us through almost more of a devotional process as you're doing this, not just a like, got to get it done, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, it Very is. It's, yes. Thank you for that. And I want to kind of piggyback on something that you mentioned too about that replacement process. I would, you know, it's not enough. For example, let's say you're afraid, you have fear. Maybe you have a parent who's ill, or maybe you have a child who's going through a tough time, Mm -hmm. uh, someone you love, something going on. Maybe you're fearful that you're going to lose your job. It's not enough to take a scripture, for example, that says, do not fear. And begin saying almost by rote memory, I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. That does not work. Even though that may be a replacement thought that's biblically based, God tells me not to fear. So I'm not going to fear when really you're fearful. It's much better to follow King David's model that he's given us in the Psalms, where he is so extremely gut level, emotionally transparent before the Lord. He bears it all and tells it all. He vents to the Lord. He's he's telling exactly how it is that he does feel, recognizing those feelings and emotions and saying, Lord, I'm afraid. I am afraid. It's just like the father who who went to Jesus and said, Lord, can you heal my son? And Jesus responds, can I heal him? And then the father, or if I can, or something like that. And then the the father says, um, you know, I believe, help me with my unbelief. 
it's that little dynamic that it's okay to be afraid and to confess that to God and then to ask him to help you not be afraid. That's a much better position than just say, finding a scripture verse that, that says, you know, do not fear and using that to replace it. Because if you're trying to replace, you're trying to latch onto this healthy thought, but you're, you don't really believe it, then mm -hmm you're going to need to come square with that because your brain, you create what's called cognitive dissonance. It's, mm -hmm. it's where your belief doesn't really match up to say the words that you're saying or a new thought that you're trying to think. There's You kind of send your brain into a tailspin because your brain is saying, wait a minute, you are afraid. So just come clean with that and God will help you with that along the way. So I yeah. just wanted to add that. Yeah, exactly. I'd always tell clients that this is the hardest part right there. Like after you have identified it, you can see the errors, but then believing something that's different from what you already believe, it just feels impossible sometimes. Right. And so I will tell people like, can you just believe it like one or 2%? Because as we keep sledding down that hill, it's going to grow. It's going to yeah. grow. And yeah. so like an example that you gave, like you may be worried for your parents' health mm -hmm. and maybe the thought that keeps coming in is they're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die. And it would not be helpful for you to say, no, they're never going to die. <laughs> like, exactly. Like that's Great just point. unrealistic. But what you can say is at the right time, they're going to die. Mm -hmm. And God will be with me through that. Exactly. Because that's he's promised beautiful. to never leave me or forsake me. Yeah. And so you have to kind of face up to that discomfort of, there may be something real in the fear or in that negative thought that you've been having. Mm -hmm. And yet God still wants to help you out with it. That's he right. want you to be in that place of fear. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I get really, you know, my parents are ill, especially my dad. And so if my phone rings and I see my sister's beautiful face on the face of my phone, yeah. I'm like, Ooh, my heart starts. I mean, cortisol begins racing through my body. She lives close to them. And, and he's steady right now, but it's yeah. been a real bumpy road for the last, I don't know, six or nine months. And he's fallen a lot and mm. she has such great needs. And we're trying to navigate this new season of our lives, trying to help them as best we can. But it, so she's, you know, I say, Sandy's everything. Okay. And she's like, everything's okay. I mean, that's like <laughs> our, our code. We've got to, she knows that, that I'm, I respond to that and, and it's, it's hard to kind of just encourage my heart because that response happens so fast for me. Yep. And it's like this trigger for me. So when I see her, her calling and, and immediately I'm like, I hope dad's okay. But I also piggyback very quickly on that. Lord, you are enough for my loved ones. I say that so often you are enough for me. You're enough for them. You love them. I try to just kind of, you know, you've helped us through so many things, as you said, you've helped us through, you're going to be with us through what come what may, but right now I'm going to enjoy this moment. And anyway, it's, a, it's, it's tricky and it's hard to always put that in play, especially when we're involved in something that is so, it's like pinpricks on our heart. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. that's, that's when it's tough. And I wouldn't want anyone to think that the seven R's for living your best thought life is, is this, well, you just got to buck up yep. and do it kind of thing. I, I don't take it like lightly that many of, of the, the listeners may be struggling with very serious issues that are very difficult, but there's, there's something in all of this that will bring life and light and hope and encouragement to your heart that you, you don't have to always get it right. You're going to be scared. You're going to be fearful. You're going to have a gazillion emotions and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, we don't want to get stuck there. At least for me, I don't want to be stuck in some paralyzing fear regarding my parents, because I think it's a Corey Ten Boom quote that says, worry will not increase our strength for tomorrow, but it will zap us of our strength today. And, and that is so true because all the worrying in the world that I can do about my, my father, for example, is not going to help me. It's going to make it much worse in the here and now. And it's, it's futile and it, it, it's a joy robber. So I want to be mindful of it, though. It's a difficult scenario that my family is in right now. I still want to be mindful to choose to think and to make sure that 
I'm focused on God and his strength, not, not me and the earthly situation that, yeah. that we're in. Yeah. And also like, we're not trying to push like a, that toxic positivity that is kind of popular in Christian culture. Like we're not, yeah. it's not happy clappy. We know that there are hard things that we deal with, but it, but it is a way of submitting your mind to the mind of Christ. Like you said, taking your thought captive to obey Christ because yes. we, we want to align with him. We don't want to do this false positivity. Like, I'm sure everything's going to be okay. Your dad's going to be fine. You know, oh, like it's not goodness. that. And it's also not the world is ending and I don't know what I'm going to do. I won't survive. You know? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that about positivity because I call it praiseativity. Mm. And, <laughs> and that's the position that I want to have because okay. it is not just bucking it up and being positive and, and kind of like that rote. I got to think positive. I got to think a positive thought, which completely negates or, or just kind of sets aside the, the, what's really going on in your heart and mind. No, it is not that it is that it's a position or a mindset of gratitude you know, someone who's positive can just be positive, right? But as a Christ follower, we can we can offer praise to someone. Yeah. That's a missing element in many belief systems. We yeah. have a person to whom we can give thanks and be grateful and praise. And that is such a world of difference besides, you know, just being, say, being positive. Yeah. Yeah. We actually can, in, can put on that mindset, like cloaking ourselves with Christ, putting on the mindset of Christ. And I, I that's why I say gratitude is like a, it's the most, to me, the most important mindset. It really was a linchpin attitude for me coming through depression. And once I started focusing on all the many blessings and the things I could thank God about and talk dialogue to him about the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful blessings. And yes, so many areas of my life felt like that, you know, this stinks, right? But, but th that's, I didn't want to stay stuck there. I wanted to shift over to a new mindset and praise and worship, adoration, and gratitude for the many blessings that God has given us really, really did help a ton for me. It was vitally important that I just not be positive and try to be old peppy. And what'd you say? Happy clappy. Yeah, I've not heard clappy. of that, but that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I want to be praise filled and mm. I want to be grateful to God, not just in general, generically. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be positive. You know, oh, I got a flat tire. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. yay. That's ridiculous. Right. To me. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, you mentioned again, mindset, and you said gratitude is the most valuable mindset in this. And so it reminded me of something that you said earlier, that sometimes there's a little bit of a deeper work that needs to be done where there may be like, like the root of the dandelion has just not come up and, I wanted to just mention, as I always do on the podcast, that some of these things need the professional support of a therapist. And if it's something that's that maybe a, an attachment style that hasn't been healed or a trauma area that it's just not getting the movement or the traction because of that underlying trauma, or it could be other things as well, but a personality disorder or another mental health thing going on. Like there are some things that are going to still need the support of your therapist, your doctor, your pastor, your mentor, you know, like you, it's not all like, just do this system and you'll be cured on, you're on your own. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a good word. What I would encourage you though, like try it, try going through the seven R's um, or, you know, you could get my worksheet on my website as well. Like try going through the process. And then if you're still feeling stuck, that's when, you know, like you probably need another person to step in and help you with this. And that's yes. totally okay. I'm going to continue to preach that from this platform that it's okay if you're a Christian and you're a believer and you need somebody else to come alongside you and help. 
Yes, that is so important to mention that. And I had that mentor still have her in my life and her support, her perspective that I just couldn't see. I could get in, I could get stuck. I would get stuck. And that's when I would go to her and just say, Hey, Jeannie, can you please, what do you see in this? Yeah. I mean, I even remember once I was struggling with bearing fruit, like the fruit of the spirit. And I'm like, why am I not patient? You know, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it. And, but her perspective was just so wise and endearing and biblically based. And also she kind of, I try so hard, you know, I feel like I'm a person. I just try so hard, but she would just lift the valve off of that yeah. and the steam would just come off. And I would be like, you know, I don't do so yeah. bad after all. I would feel yeah. so good after I just talked to her for a little bit, because we can be really hard on ourselves. I know I can, and it just takes one encouraging spirit to person to walk in and, and see something that you may be missing or, or notice something that you just haven't really identified and they can see it so quickly, especially a trained uh, official. So, or, or professional. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. I appreciate you talking about that. I don't think that many of us these days actually do have mentors. <laughs> so yeah. something I've been passionate about for a long time, but it's very hard to implement. Like people are just so busy or people are insecure and won't ask, you know? Yeah. I have a program actually called Elevate and that's a, that is a mentoring program. So I do, I just run, run iterations of it throughout the year, but it's six weeks, absolutely free. Hmm. And, and I just meet once a week for like two hours for a group of small group of women. And, and then they can go on to paid coaching. Cause I do have like, then it becomes a little bit more, it's one-on-one -on -one at that yeah. point and so yeah. forth. But, yeah. but I do have that program and it's, it, you know, when you say free on there, then that people are like, wow, I, let me see what this is all about. And <laughs> it's been, we've had a wonderful, wonderful time. My daughter-in-law was in one of those sessions. She, you know, I just developed some really good friendships. It, it's just been really powerful to share what, you know, what the Lord has taught me and to mm -hmm. try to give that back in, in just that easy of a way. It's, it's, yeah. it's been good for me too. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. So this would be a good opportunity for you to mention like what you have a podcast, you have a coaching. Yes. If somebody needed more help with what we're talking about today, then that obviously they can listen to your podcast um, choose yes. to think they can look, look up your coaching, that small group mentoring that you mentioned. There's the workbook that we already talked about. Anything else that you would like to mention? Well, I would say that the it's I, I just want to make a, a teeny statement about it's not really a workbook. It's actually a journal a journal. And that journal has all of the the reflection questions that are actually contained in the book itself. It just gives space for you to answer them. Mm -hmm. And because people were doing the devotional in their small groups and instead yeah. of lugging the big devotional to class, like, or to their small group that I, they wanted something small and portable that they could just take. So it's a thin little, and it is workbook ish, like you said, in the sense that they can write down their own answers. And then that gave framework for discussion for small groups. So um, but the website is choose to think with the number two dot co it's dot co. Okay. And there are so many resources over there that people can get no charge. There's a, my, one of the most popular ones is what I call the ultimate gratitude guide. And it's a 37 page free download, a little ebook that folks can get. And just to, to remind you to, you know, focus on, on the blessings, because that was so important to me in my healing process. And so I developed that little ebook, that little download to help you kind of think, okay, in what areas can I be grateful, show gratitude, and there's a gratitude wheel on there and so many little funsy pages in that bookmarks and uh, checklists, you name it. So they feel free to snag that or any of the other resources yeah. um, over there. So Sounds like a lot of great resources. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked hard on those. And, okay. and my heart's desire really is to, to, to just share the word of God and may he and he alone be glorified in my efforts because he really has, he's just so important to me and my family and, and without him, I, I just don't know where I would be. And I think, 
you know, I applaud you, Anne, for stepping out and having a faith-based podcast and a message that goes out to so many. That is the Great Commission. You are sharing the good news and shining the light on Christ and what you do. And that is so needed. And, 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 you know, the, we, I want Christian women, especially to know that, yes, as Christian women, we can struggle in certain areas, but there is hope and God is with us in the process. And our Christianity means something. I think that's the, that's what I have a real passion for. Mm -hmm. It's the practical application of our faith. So what you read your Bible, so what you listen to praise and worship music, so what you volunteer at church, what difference does God and his word make in your life? That's what I want to know. And that's what I want to kind of help connect the dot on. I want my faith really to be in action. And I want the, I want others to know that, like you said, the Bible is, it's living and active and it is, we do need to be reading it. There is, there's such value there and gold there and it will change us and we can be transformed and God is intricately involved in that process and there's hope and we don't have to stay stuck. So many of my Christian friends really are stuck in so many different ways, and we can elevate. We can rise above that with God's help and live the life that he designed for us to live and to be joyful and and to, to really exude his presence and to be the salt and light. He's gifted us those things. And in you know, do I do that every day? No. Sometimes I get irritated with a lady at Kroger and I'm just not very nice or I mean on the phone or a thousand things that he allows me to, you know, he's working out all this in my heart, the ickiness that's there, but I partner with him on it and I desire something better. I want to have the mind of Christ trying to figure out what that is anyway. I desire to be like him. And, and just like my little granddaughter out there, you know, digging up those roots, delighting to get dirty and messy and just with a smile on her face and being with me. That's the way God is with us. That's the way he is with you when you say, yeah, you know, I need to change. Start in my heart first, Lord. Change me from the inside out because that's what I desire so that I can become more like you and he will do it. Wow. Did you guys just hear Victoria preach? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. She's passionate. I love it. Thank you for your kind words too. I hope that some people are like feeling that fire under them as they're listening to this episode because there's so many tools out there that we can use to get unstuck and to start, you know, living God's purpose in our life. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you the question that I always ask when we're wrapping up here. What are you doing for soul care? Well, I would say I journal. Yeah. I have a little practice that I do every morning. I stole this and I've been into it for many, many, many months. And it's the two minute morning. I Neil is the first name. His last name begins with a P two minute morning. And I don't know that he's a a believer. However, Mm -hmm. I kind of took his, his little two minute morning and it is to, to, you know, what are you grateful for? So I start just two minutes on what am I grateful for or a few minutes. And then I go to release, which is the other one. It's GR grateful and then release. And that's something that's annoying me, troubling me, bothering me. It's a little sticky for me. Maybe something I said or did yesterday, the day before, maybe I had an argument with my husband, maybe a thousand little scenarios. So I want to release those, ask for forgiveness if I need to make a little game plan on how I need to do something differently, but then just let it go instead of fixating on that and increasing those thoughts. I need to release that. And then the last one is focus. What am I going to focus on today? Mm -hmm. And where do I need to be intentional about my day? Is it a work-related issue? Is that, do I need to invest in family? When I have Nana days and I got my (laughs) grandkids over here, it is a you know, the most exhausting thing I could possibly do, but it's so fun and there's so much energy and it is walks in the park and, you know, it's just to be present and to figure out what do I want to focus on? Because all this really helps our brain, by the way, it really is like setting the scaffolding for the day. And to me, that is a form of taking care of my emotions and my feelings. Like, 
it's preemptive. It's as I start my day and it gives me the scaffolding for what I want to do. And later my brain may remind me, oh yeah, Victoria, you were going to script that podcast episode. Are you into that yet? And then <laughs> I come back to it very quickly. So it's, I don't, I don't know how some of your, your, uh, your guests may answer that question, but, or what do you do? I'm so curious well, even what you do. It's really Anna. interesting because people have been just across the board. Like one guest mentioned that they watch eighties movies. <laughs> That's how okay. They their soul. okay. A lot of people do physical activity or they're out in nature. Yes. And of course, since all of the guests that we have here are Christian believers, there, there's usually a component to that that involves um, prayer or study or worship. Yes, yeah. yes. That's, that's across the board pretty much true for us. And then, So, so is, is soul care like self-care, kind of? Well, the reason why I instituted this question at the end of every episode is because we hear this buzzword, self-care. Yes. All the time in our culture, you got to do self-care. And for a lot of people, it's like they think immediately of bubble baths and pedicures, you know, <laughs> and so I'm doing self-care and that can be part of it. And like, yes, you do need to take yourself to your dentist appointment and you do need to get your mammogram. And like th those are self-care things, right. but also you need to attend to your soul because your soul is, you know, it's in the name of the Soul Grit podcast. Um, and I draw this from Dallas Willard. That your soul is kind of in charge of all of those important areas of your life, your work, your mm -hmm. relationships, your um, purpose, your, yeah. you know, things that you want to do, things that you don't want to do. Like your soul is kind of in charge of um, coordinating all of that. Mm. And so if you're not taking care of your soul, then you're not going to be walking the path that is best for you. So mm -hmm. when we take care of our souls, we we hit those areas of taking care of our physical body. Mm -hmm. So that's exercise, sleep, nutrition. And then we take care of our social needs by being around a supportive social network. We spend time with God. That's the most important thing. And then we also need to take care of like our emotional or intellectual health. Right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so there's all these different pieces that if we're not taking care of each one of those, our soul is kind of languishing, you know, mm, when we it. bring that back into alignment, we care for it. That's when we're living the life that God planned for us. Mm, that's so good. Very good. Thank you yeah. for explaining that. <laughs> it's probably good that I put, put that in there too, because, you know, it may have been a while that since listeners heard the reasoning behind that question. So Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. And so since we have people who are experts in different areas or who have experience in different areas, it's really fun to hear like the uniqueness of how God created people mm -hmm. and the different ways that they meet him. You know? mm, yeah. So good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being here. Um, as we mentioned, all the links will be in the show notes. And so you guys can follow up with Victoria and learn more about her and all of those fun resources that she mentioned. And I want to thank you for listening. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.